Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. Good to be here on a Wednesday night. You guys alive out there? If not, we'll wake you up. We'll get crazy. You told me not to get crazy, though, so I'm sorry. All right. Whoa. But, you know, one thing is for, for sure, God is good. God is good. You know what? This year... Expect something to happen. Amen? So I want to open up tonight, and I'm going to read out of 1 Kings chapter 18. And I'm going to start in verse 41. And it says, Elijah said to Ahab, Go eat and drink, for there is a sound of a heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount of Carmel, bent down to the ground, and he put his face between his knees. Go and look toward the sea, he told his servant. And he went up and looked. There's nothing there, he said. Seven times Elijah said, go back. The seventh time the servant reported a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah says, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. And meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose. A heavy rain came on and on and on. And Ahab rode off to Jezreel. 46. And the power of the Lord came upon Elijah and, and tucking his cloak into his belt, He ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You know, we look at Elijah's telling Ahab that rain's coming. But he tells his servant to run off and go look to see what's happening. And he comes back, I don't see anything. And he tells him seven times and seven times he... And he goes out there, but on the seventh time, he finally says, I see a cloud the size of a hand. Just a hand. That's all he saw. But here he starts off by telling, he says, go tell Ahab that heavy rain is coming. You know, sometimes we don't see anything. Sometimes our, our, our vision is cloudy. Sometimes it's because of what's going on around us. Maybe it's our family. Maybe it's our friend. Maybe it's our co-workers. But sometimes we just don't see what God wants us to see. And here, the, here Elijah keeps telling his servant, keep go back, go back, go back, go back. And what he saw was something small. But in the eyes of God, what is small 
becomes huge, becomes large. And he says that the, the clouds and, and the rains were coming and they were heavy. And you look at Elijah and here the power of the Lord came upon him and he outran Ahab all the way to Jezreel. But that brings us tonight to our encounter that we have, the vision that we have to, today for this year. It's got one thing that we have to understand is that our vision has been cloudy. It's been disturbed. It's been disrupted. And, you know, I thought about, you know, how a lot of times if you've ever been to the horse races and, and you, you see that they have to put shields on the horse's eyes so that the horse will run that track and only see what's in front of them. And a lot of times that's what God wants to do to our lives for us to have the right vision is so that he can block out everything else that is in the way. What's going on around you is going to cloud the vision that God wants you to have. What's going on around you is going to stop you from seeing what God has. But here, we look at our vision for this year. And I want to talk about the man Saul tonight and what God had to do to get him focused upon what he wanted him to do. Amen? Let's pray tonight. Father God, just give you all the praise, all the glory and honor, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for your word tonight, Lord God, that you touch every heart and every life that is here, Lord God, that you would help us to see again, Lord God. Help us to hear what you have to say tonight, Lord God. Help us to be focused on you, Lord God, and on that road, on that path of righteousness that you've called us to be on, Lord. And we give you all the praise and all the glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, I titled this message tonight, What Do You See? Simple. What do you see? I'm going to read out a book of Acts first in chapter 9. Dealing on on the fact that it's on our vision for this year. But looking at Sal, in, in, in chapter 9, verse 1, he says, Meanwhile, Sal was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, that is what they were called back in those days. They don't call them Christian yet. They called them the way. They were those that were following Christ. Those that were preaching and teaching the word of God. Whether man or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven shined around him, and he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice say to him, Sal, Sal. Why do you persecute me? In verse 5, it says, Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go to the city, and you will be told what you must do. Amen. I'm going to stop there. One thing is that 
I, I look at Sal's life, I look at uh, his story and, and, and what he's saying here unto the Lord. He sees this bright light. And the thing is that he's hearing this voice say to him, Sal, Sal, why are you persecuting me? And his response is, who are you, Lord? A lot of times we read over the words of God, but we don't really read what we say we thought we read. But here he, he's answering his own question. He says, who are you? Then he says, Lord. You have to realize that when we have an encounter with God, God wants us to recognize who he is. Sal recognized who he is, and here, here he's coming against the people of the way. And, and one thing I understand why he's doing what he's doing, because here he's coming against the people that are preaching about Jesus. We have any, any preachers here? We have any teachers here? We have any followers here? We have any that are on the way? You know what? But here, they were preaching about Jesus. They were preaching the Word of God. They were telling them about who Jesus was and what He has done and what He's doing and what He has already done. And the amazing thing is that we look at this man and he's a religious man. He knows, he knows the Word of God. He was taught. He was taught very well the Word of God. And so that brings us to ch chapter 22 in the book of Acts. Starting in verse 1. And Sal is basically given a bit of his testimony to the people here. He says, brothers and, followers and fathers, listen now to my defense. When they heard him speak them, to them in Aramaic, they became very quiet. Then Paul said, I am a Jew born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city under Gamaliel. I was thoroughly trained in the law of our fathers and was just as zealous for God as many of you are today. I persecuted the followers of this way to their death, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison. As also the high priest and all the council can testify, I even obtained letters from them to their brothers in Damascus and went there to bring these people as prisoners to Jerusalem and to be punished. About noon, as I came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me, and I fell to the ground, and I heard a voice say, Sal, Sal, why do you persecute me? And again he says, Who are you, Lord? I ask. I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. He replied, My companions saw the light, but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. What shall I do? Lord, I asked in verse 10. Get up, the Lord said, and go to, unto Damascus, and there you will be told all that you have been assigned to do. 
My companions led me by the hand unto Damascus because the brilliance of the light had blinded me. Now stop right there. The brilliance of the light had blinded me. Sometimes God has to actually blind us in order for us to see again. Here, we see he's, he's given his testimony. He's letting everybody know what he's been through. He's letting us know that he was, a te- uh, he was taught by a teacher of the law, Gamaliel. And, it, and if any of you did any, any study of this man, he was highly respected by the people. It was said that not only was he highly respected, but they had given him a name, Rabbin. Not Rabbi, but Rabbin. Which means uh, he was a teacher and a master of the law. Amen? Teacher and a master of the law. Here, some of us don't even read the Word of God And yet this man had been studying under Gamaliel and he knew the word of God. He knew the law of God and he was accountable to the people because they highly favored what he had to say. All right. And this is the man that taught Sal. So you see that Sal wasn't just anybody. He he was a, a Benjamin from the tribe of Benjamin and and he was well taught about the law. He was a religious man. And a lot of us, we know what religion's about. A lot of us came out of religion. I don't know about you, but I was a religious person. But guess what? Religion doesn't give you a relationship with the Lord. And the reason why he went out to get these letters from the, the high priest and went into the synagogues or the temples uh, to get these letters because he wanted to persecute it, those people that were teaching about Jesus. And the reason for that is because the Word of God had an effect upon his life. That's where we see he had an encounter with God here is because the Word of God's had such an effect on his life that he wanted to persecute the church. He wanted to persecute the believers. He wanted to take them and imprison them. He even saw that they were bring, even brought to death because of preaching about his, their faith and their belief in Christ. Many of us haven't even seen that or or tasted anything like that. But this is what was going on, and this is what was affecting Saul at this time. He was battling within himself. So at at this point, before I read any more out of 22 here, I want to go back to... Acts chapter 5. In verse 17. And the high priest and all the associates who were members of the party of the Sadducees were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in public jail. But during the night, the angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go in to the temple courts, he said, and tell the people the full message of this new life. Amen? So now, from there, let's drop down to verse 27 
having brought the apostles, they made them appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, he said. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with all the teaching and determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than man. The God of our fathers raised Jesus from the dead, whom you have killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior, that he might give repentance and forgiveness of the sins of Israel. Verse 32, And we are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. To those who obey him. When they heard this, they were furious and wanted to put them to death. But a man, but a Pharisee named Gamaliel, again, a teacher of the law, who was honored by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that they might be put aside for a little while. Then he addressed them, Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Some time ago, Thaddeus appeared, claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied with him. He was killed and his followers were dispersed. And it came to nothing. Verse 37, after him, Judas of Galilee appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed, and all his followers were scattered. Therefore, in the present case, I, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go, for if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. Verse 39, but if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only be finding yourselves fighting against God. Amen. And this is back, and we come back to Saul again. Excuse me. And here, this is exactly what was going on in Saul's life. He's fighting against God. Just like these, these Pharisees and, and the Sadducees and, and the high priests, and, and they told them, and, and they told Peter and the apostles, don't preach in that name. Don't preach Jesus. Don't preach that name. Did we not tell you not to preach that name? And they threw them in jail. But here they're in jail, and here it comes to the, the hour in the night that the Lord sends an angel and opens the jail gates open and they walk out and they go into the temple courts and they're telling the people about the new life that you can have. The new life that you can have. This is what's affecting Saul because they were not only talking about Jesus and preaching about Jesus, but Saul is hearing it. And you have to realize the reason why he's going to the synagogues to get these letters is because it's affecting his life. It's affecting everything that he was taught as a religious man. It came against everything that he believed. Everything. See, a lot of times we, we get clouded vision by everything that's going on. And his vision was so clouded 
with religion that it, the Word of God finally was penetrating him and penetrating him and penetrating him to the point that he couldn't, he kept fighting it and kept fighting it and kept fighting it. And he, he had to do something about it. And he thought he was doing the right thing. He thought that everything that he was doing was for God. I'm going to put these people, I'm going to shut them up, I'm going to beat them, I'm going to whip them, I'm going to throw them in prison, I'm going to see that they're put to death. I, I, he's doing all this because he thought he was doing it for the Lord, because he thought he knew God. Just because you're religious doesn't mean you know God. Sometimes we can get religious even in a church like this. We think that just because we know the Word of God that we know God. No, we don't know God. God wants us to know who He is. He wants us to learn who He is. He wants us to be taught who He is. And, and here back in Acts 5, He says that they were allowed to have the Holy Spirit in their lives because they believed. And when, once you believe, God wants to give you the Holy Spirit because He wants you to learn. He wants you to be taught. He wants you to get your vision back. But if you don't have any vision, what, what's clouding it? What's, what's taking you away from God? What's bringing you apart from God? What's separating you from God? What's bringing you off to the wrong road? Because he says, why does the road that will lead to destruction? And this is what was happening with Sal's life. He was on a wide road and he didn't really know God and God had to bring him back. He had to have an encounter with him. He had him to have him see a bright light that blinded him. And he stayed blinded for three days until he got to Damascus. And, and then Ananias came. I believe that might have been a word I left off on. In chapter 22, verse 12. And a man named Ananias came to see him. And he was a devoted observer of the law and highly respected by all the Jews living there. And he, did, he stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, Brother Saul. It's amazing. The encounter that happened with Saul, the change that took place in his life was immediately that day on the road to Damascus. Not when he got to Damascus. It was that day that he saw the bright light. It was that day that he called out, Who are you, Lord? Something happened in his life. Something changed in that day. You think about where you were at when you got changed. You think about what happened to you when you were out there in the world. You think about what encounter you had with God when he touched your life. And this is what's happening to Saul. God touched his life. God changed him. God turned him around. And he had to go blind and be led into Damascus. Somebody had to hold his hand and bring him there. But here, Ananias, he says, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very moment, he was able to see him. Then he said, the God of our fathers has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear the words from his mouth. You will be a witness to all men that 
what you have seen and heard, and now what you are wait, what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized and washed your sins away, calling on his name. He says, you are going to be a testimony of what you have seen and heard. The word of God. God wants to let you see it, not just hear it. He wants you to see it. And in order for you to see it, you've got to get a clear vision. A clear vision. You've got to be able to see what God's wanting you to see. Sometimes he's going to put some blinders on us so we can see straight ahead to what he has for us. And the thing is, is that a lot of times we don't see what God wants us to see because we're off on our own tangent. We're off on the road that's leading us away from God. We're not hearing from God. We're not reading His Word. We're not praying. We're not listening to what God has to say. And this is exactly here. This is a man that thought he knew God, but here he realized that everything that he was taught was wrong because he didn't have a relationship with the Lord. And God wanted us to have a relationship with Him. He's not wanted us to be religious to know Him. Because, see, religion won't let you know Him. Religion only thinks that you're going to get there to where He's at. But that day, when you get to heaven, you think, well, I'm going to get to walk in, I'm going to get to enter in, and the Lord is going to say, I don't know you. I don't know you. I don't know you. God wants you to know Him. And I don't want to hear him say, I don't know you. I want to hear the words, enter in, my faithful son, my faithful daughter. I want to have that relationship with him. I want to have that encounter with him. I want to see something change in our lives this year. I want to see us all have an impact this year. I want to see God do something each and every day in our lives. But the thing is, I can't do it for you. I can only do it for me. Each one of you has to choose what you want. Each one of you has to decide and purpose in your heart. Is that what I want? Do I want more? Do I want more? Do I want more? Or are you going to just going to stay, stay where you're at? Some we had we had a men's uh, go man the other night, and I got these guys to open up. I says, "What what did what did cat what did God do to captivate your lives?" And and they open up and they tell their stories. See, that's what thing that God wants you to do is to open up and tell your story. What did God do in your life? You're hearing, and you're hearing the word of God, but God's doing something in you, and you don't even realize it. You think, well, I'm just listening to the word. No, God's word is powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the thoughts and the intents of the heart. God's word is having an impact in every one of you, and you don't even realize it. I had to realize that before I got saved. I had to realize that every time that somebody was handing me a track or I picked one up off the floor in the streets of Ventura, that it was having an impact on my life, that when I came to the time that I had a real encounter with God, I'd made a decision. That decision changed my life. 
That decision that I made, not only did it change my life, but I got delivered and I got healed that very hour that I prayed. And that's why every service that we have, we give you the opportunity to call upon the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Why? Because we know that He can do something in your life. He can heal you. He can deliver you. He can set you free. He can set you free from bondage. He can set you free from anything that's been holding you back, that's been shackling you your entire life. I don't know about you, but I came here, I was nervous tonight. I was so nervous because all I could think of was, God, God, you got to do something. you got to do something in people's life. I can't do it. It's not me. It's not my writing. It's Jesus. They talked about Jesus and it had an impact on Sal's life. That's why he had an encounter because he was battling against God. And a lot of times we can come to church and we're battling against the Lord ourselves because we refuse to listen to what he has to say to us. But here's Saul. He says, what will you have me do, Lord? What will you have me do? Have, have you asked God, what will you have me do? Have you recognized him? Jesus, you are Lord. The thing is, is that we're accountable for ourselves. And have you asked yourself, do I know God? Do I know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior? Do I allow the Holy Spirit to move in my life as I'm reading the Word of God and God wants us to have a better understanding and God wants us to have a vision in our lives and here we're just reading the Word. Well, I read my chapter for the day. I read my scripture for the day and that's it. I'll just close the book and just go on and do whatever I'm going to do. God's wanting you to do more than that. God's wanting you to have more than that in your life. God's wanting you to have a relationship that will last forever, for eternity in His kingdom. In His kingdom. Not here. Not here in this world. This world, He says, is going to pass away. This lifestyle that you're living is going to be vanishing and going away. Everything that you see around here is created by God, but God says, I'm going to have to send a new Jerusalem down here on this earth because the one that's here stinks. You see what's going on in Jerusalem. You see what's going on in Gaza. Well, it's no mistake of what's happening because it's God allowing it to happen because God's trying to get their attention. Just like Saul, he had to get his attention. And a lot of times we don't want to hear what God has to say to us. A lot of times we, I, I even testified about things that I would do and I, and I wouldn't listen and somebody would tell me, don't do it, don't do it. And I do it anyway. Oh, and just like I was sharing the other night, just don't make quick decisions. Don't just do what you want to do. As a child of God, slow down. Slow down. Everything that I read in here, hear this, this Saul, he answers his own question. Because he realizes who he is. 
why are we not asking questions? Why are we not opening up? Why are we not communicating? Why are we not talking? Why are we not going to the, our pastors or to the leaders or, or to somebody that's teaching? Why are we not asking anybody for help when we need help? Why are we not crying out when we need to cry out? Or are we just going to hold it into ourselves and say, well, I can handle it. I can do it on my own. No, you, we did that when we were in the world and it didn't work. God is wanting us to turn to Him. To ask Him for help and to ask Him for hope and ask Him for direction and so that we can have vision back in our lives. I didn't even read anything from here because it's already here. Amen. Because God, God is so amazing. God is so wonderful. He deserves all the glory and honor and praise for every one of our lives. Back in Acts 5, he says, to bring Israel to repentance and to forgiveness of their sins. God doesn't want to just save Israel. God doesn't want to just save his people. God says that, that none would perish, but all come to repentance. That's why we're here today. That's why we've been grafted in. That's why we can call upon the name of the Lord. That's, that was Sal's commission. Because they wouldn't even recognize the Sal anymore. Already when we started reading in Acts 22, they were already calling him Paul. Because of the change that took place, they, they didn't want to recognize that old man that he was. They forgot about that old man. See, one thing that you have to realize that when you come into the kingdom of God, God wants you to forget who you were. God wants you to leave it behind. God wants you to get it washed away through the blood of the Lamb. But a lot of us, well, I'll just give God some of it. Pastor even testified when he tried to make a compromise with God about drinking. Many of us, we try to do the same thing about our lives. We try to compromise. We try to, well, is it okay, God, if I can just lie a little bit? Is that okay? No, it's not okay. God said, I want those that are obedient and believe in me to receive the Holy Spirit. And if you keep lying, guess what? The Holy Spirit's not going to be able to live in you because you're already casting them out. You're already telling them, get out of here. I, I want to live my own life. God doesn't want you to live your life your way anymore. That's why we came to Christ in the first place, because one thing is we got to be tired of who we are and being tired of being tired of who we are and doing the same, same old, same old. Amen. Because <laughs> that's what we were doing. I got tired. I was tired. I share with these guys, I was so tired of living the life that I was living that I didn't want to live anymore. That's how tired I was. But God turned that around that day. Why? Because I had an encounter that wasn't even expecting. And God will use whoever to touch your lives. 
You think that just because you're saved and you're sitting here and God wants to speak to you, you think, well, it's only going to come through somebody here in the church setting. No, i got news for you. God will use anybody. If he can use a donkey out there in the world, he can use anybody out there in the world to touch your life, to speak to you, so you can hear and see again. I wrote three, I, I wrote us. Uh, Down on here are things that we need to do to help us to understand what God has for our lives. And the first thing I put here was pray, but pray is not the, the first thing. Prayer, prayer should be always in our lives when we read and wanted to know God. One, one word that we used to put along with, with prayer and pray is push. Anybody know what that means besides pastor? Go ahead, Josh. That's right. Pray until something happens. We think, well, I prayed once, that's it. No, keep praying, man. Keep praying. But you know, when you read the Word of God, it's important because, you, you know, we, we can read it. But, but we didn't understand it. You know that, that God wants you to understand it, and, and the only way you're going to understand the Word of God is when you apply it to your life. And some of us, we don't, we can't, we don't understand that. We don't understand it because we don't want to learn. We don't want to ask God, well, show me. Well, God's going to tell you, why don't you just apply it to your life first? And you'll see what I'm not talking about. You'll see what I mean. You'll see how I'm going to change you. You're going to see how I'm going to deliver you. You're going to see how I'm going to heal you. You're going to see how I'm going to set you free. You're going to see how I'm going to put you on the right road. You're going to see how I'm going to put vision back in your life. You're going to see how your ears are going to get opened again. But it's going to come when you, when you read His Word, though. You can pray, but if you're not reading His Word, well... Uh, how's that work? You need to have the Word of God inside of you. You need to have something that the Holy Spirit can move and guide you with. But if you're empty inside, guess what? You're empty. You're draining yourself. That cup of oil that you're supposed to have to keep your lamp burning is not going to have anything in it. you got to keep it full. And what do, you ha- what, do, what do you have? Examine yourselves. What do you have? Examine what do you have? What do you have? When you pray, ask God to open your eyes. Open your eyes so that you can see again. I have one last scripture here. And I'll... I don't know if you were able to bring that up, the, the, the TPT version. You know what that is? Do you have it? All right. Because I, I know they probably have books out now, but most of us probably haven't even heard it. It's, it's called the, the Passion Translation. So Mark chapter 10, verse 40, 46 
When Jesus and his disciples passed through Jericho, a large crowd joined them. Upon leaving the village, he met a blind beggar sitting on the side of the road, Timai, the son of Timai. When he heard that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now is my how have mercy on me now in my affliction heal me let me stop right there first of all this man's praying he's not just shouting out but he says he began to shout but he says son of david have mercy on me in my affliction and heal me that is a prayer request a lot of us, we, we don't realize it, but here, he, they're telling him to shut up, but he's saying, God, I want you to heal me. Those in the crowd were indignant and scolded him for making such a, a disturbance. But he kept shouting all the, all, with all his might, Son of David, have mercy on me now and heal me. Again, he prays. Jesus stopped and said, call him here. So they went to him, to the blind man, and said, have courage, get up, Jesus is calling you. So he threw off his beggar's cloak, jumped up, and made his way to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The man replied, my master, please let me see again. That's the main reason why I use this translation for you to realize this man might have been blind, but he at once saw. A lot of times we're blind. And we need to pray that God, God, help me to see again. Help me to see again. Help me to see what you would want me to see. And Jesus responded, your faith heals you. Your faith heals you because he believed upon the Lord. He said, your faith heals you. You have to have faith. And he will allow you to be healed by your faith. You can pray, but you got to have faith. You have to have faith in order for God to do something in your life. And at once, this man's eyes were open and he could see again. And he began at once to follow Jesus, walking down the road with him. Praise God. Our, our, our vision this year, our vision is to have an encounter. Your vision, what do you want? What do you want? Do you want to see? Do you want to see? You have to have that vision. If you want to see, He'll let you see. And He'll give you the vision that He has for you. But you have to ask for it. You have to want it. You have to desire it. It's right there in front of you if you have a book. Amen? The Bible. The Word of God. Amen? It, it, there's several different forms of, that they call it, but it's the Word of God. And He wants you to see. But you can't see unless you open it up. You can't see unless you call upon Him. You can't see unless you ask for it. Oh, yeah, we, we might be able to see what we, we think we see. But the problem is, is that we're going in the wrong direction a lot of times because 
We're allowing our vision to be blurred by the surroundings that are around us. Mm-hmm.